right, so we're here on Let's Find Out to talk about the first day of school. And the second. Oh, okay, and the second day. <laughs> because we've had Thursday and Friday. So, um, how was your first day of school? Good. <laughs> uh, where do you go to school? no School. And who's your teacher? Miss Tammy. I'm really a box cosman, and, and this is Let's Find Out, <laughs> a podcast of local, local history. <laughs> High five. Also on the team for this show, me, Chris Chang and Phillips, Elliot's Papa, Trevor Chow Fraser. Let's find out as a podcast about local history based in Edmonton, Alberta, or Amiskwichi, Wiskaigon, on Treaty 6 territory. Part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. So what did you choose to wear on your first day of school? All pink. So uh, after two full days of school, your first two full days of school ever, um, how, do you feel smarter? Kind of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> okay, so you've gone to two days of school. Mm-hmm. If I gave you the choice, you'd never have to go to school again in your whole life. Or keep going back to school, because school rocks. What do you choose? To keep going to school. Well, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> School. Hmm. It's okay. Um, can I just ask you, what's your name and how old are you? Five and a half and Ellie Fox Cosman. I like how you answered in reverse. Nice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they say in school that you shouldn't ask two questions at the same time. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> you just taught me something, Elliot. <laughs> okay, thanks, Elliot. Um, you can go back to playing Nintendo now, which you do on your non-school days. I was wearing a black sweater, um, and I had my hair up in a bun, which I was a little bit self-conscious about. Um, kind of like nice pants, and... A rain jacket because it was raining out. So I felt very formal. I was like, am I too formal? Because I was in a class with other only conservation biology students. Sorry, you asked me what I was wearing on my first day of school, right? I think so. <laughs> so uh, we're here on Let's Find Out because it wasn't only Elliot Fox Cosman's first day of school. It was also Chris Chang and Phillips's first day of school. <laughs> It's it's true, yeah. I, yep, I was just as a well. I think I was more excited actually, probably. Can you just remind us why are you going back to school at the age of thirty four? Uh, thirty, you know, twenty seven. What I don't know. What. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very dusty twenty seven. So I'm going back to school because I'm going to grad school. I'm taking a master's in history. This is a local history podcast, but I didn't actually have a degree in history before. So here I am in grad school at the University of Alberta studying a master's in history and also like having a foot war with Elliot, which is what that sound is in the background. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. So I got Elliot for her snack, a baby bell cheese, some sliced peaches, and a spoonful of refried beans, um, and a water bottle, mm. which I, I imagine that's pretty similar to how you're feeding yourself and now that you're back at school, right? You've, you're no longer working from home. You can't make your gourmet avocado toast every lunchtime. You have to provide a snack for school time how, how are you how are you handling that um i actually we've because of the pandemic um we've been doing this whole like meal planning thing so i actually have been like eating pretty well like like uh do you know samin nasrat who did salt fat acid heat um she okay one of the things is she had this recipe for like um like a frittata with like everything in your garden basically leeks bok choy swiss chard and stuff and um yeah so like that's kind of what i had last week so i'm actually doing pretty well so far not sleep deprived yet because i only just got like the syllabus for most of my classes like a day ago (laughs) yeah are you the type of person who uh like as you get busier you start to eat like junkier and junkier yes yeah that is uh yeah We'll try to head that off at the pass with, like, planning ahead for, like, what to eat. But, uh, yeah. yeah, my last semester of my undergrad was a lot of ramen. <laughs> yeah, how do you think you'll handle that? Now that you're a grown-up and you're the mature student in the class, you got to show the kids how it's done. Anyway, <laughs> this is Let's Find Out, and we're here because it's Chris's back-to-school first day of school uh, I wanted to catch him right after his first day of school. Yeah. So, uh, Chris, um, how was it? What was it like being back at university? It was great. It was really, 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 really good. I Yeah, I texted Trevor and just said, like, I can't recall even the last time I was this happy. Um, and it was, it was like, it was just sort of like the ambiance more than anything. My first class was parks ecology and society and it's a class of mostly conservation biology undergrads and i did feel a little out of place in that one um (laughs) undergrads yeah it's like a mixed grad and undergrad class and uh yeah so i felt a little out of place because i was like i feel like i was dressed like a little formally compared to everybody else in class and also the instructor is john acor in the nature nut (gasps) Really? Which is very cool. A f- fellow media personality. Yeah. Uh, I'm not afraid to admit I'm wild about the wild things and I'm proud of it. I'm just a simple case. Open and shut. No doubt about it. I'm a nature nut. Today so I, I, I only spent a couple years in Alberta growing up yeah, and then I moved away. So when I moved back, everyone was like, John Nicker and the nature nut. <laughs> and I was like, you guys sound nutty. Um... <laughs> But I did see him at the Royal Terrell Museum because he's one of the people who appears on the little television screens that explains where dinosaurs come from. Uh, It looks like it was filmed maybe in 1990. That makes sense. (laughs) Just based on his haircut. Um, Yeah, he seems seems pretty cool. And uh, yeah, at the University of Alberta, he's, he's sung some songs for us. Yeah. He serenaded us with his music. Yeah, that's that's I think one of the things yeah. I think of him as too. Is that is that how he teaches? Uh, with it, the guitar. Uh, potentially, his lectures are all video recordings um, that he made oh, last yeah. summer on TV. 
<laughs> Not on <laughs> video recordings of his show from the 90s. <laughs> um, a more limited audience for this one. It's just through E-Class. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the the yeah the lectures are all pre-recorded. You watch them ahead of time, and then the classes you show up and you discuss what was on the lectures. Um, okay. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if this will help or hurt me making friends in the class, but um, he was like, "Show of hands, who's a grad student?" And very few of us raised our hands. And he was like, "Which one of you is the history student?" And then he, I, I like raised my hand. He's like, "Ah, you're the one who pointed out the typos in the syllabus." So. <laughs> I'm I'm known to the class now. Yeah. Oh, Chris, how did you point out the typos? Gently, like encouragingly via email. Um, we were <laughs> confidentially. like confidentially. Confidentially, yeah. Uh, uh, it was just it was, whatever. Anyway, I emailed him to ask like <laughs> permission to get in the class. And P.S. I noticed that last year's date is in one of the due dates. Uh, um, which yeah. Um, Whatever. Anyway, the, okay. What I really loved about um, campus though was not so much that first day, which was like fun being back in class, but also like, oh my god, like this is super weird with COVID and everybody's in masks and like you know this whole uncertainty of like what does it mean to be on campus and how long are we going to get to be in class? But the second day, I got to do my like, it's just a once a week seminar of like introduction to being a grad student in history and classics, and um, the the room that we were in in the history department in Tory was um, just like this beautiful kind of smallish room like with wall-to-wall books on like classical history like Greek and Roman blah 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 and um, our instructor as she's setting up like the she was like oh yeah this computer hasn't been used in like 18 months so hang on I'm having trouble getting the Wi-Fi started so while she was out of the room um, I sort of looked at everybody else around the table and I was like so Here's what we're going to do. Everybody grab a random book, flip it to a random page, and then pick a sentence that it like perfectly describes you, and we'll introduce ourselves. And everybody, like these like PhD, like religious studies students, I got them all like getting up and running around the room. It was fun. Um, yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so do they all think you're like the RA? Uh, no, <laughs> I don't you, think like, so. Because you jumped in to mediate <laughs> the discussion when the teacher stepped out. <laughs> I don't know. I have a hard time bearing silence. I'm very interested in people, and, like, I've spent a lot of my, like, professional life, like, teaching groups of people, so maybe, yeah, it's just, like, irrepressible. It was fun, and then when we got to actually introduce ourselves, um, everybody is doing, like, really, really cool, interesting research. Um, though, history's, history, the Masters of Classics student um, that was in the class with me, um, she's, like, done some research comparing like Augustus of Rome to the first emperor of China and it's like whoa this is some fascinating I don't know, cool research people do cool yeah. coming back to school after working for a while mm-hmm. um and you're in a room with all these people who probably have like their research their research is flowing from their previous research because they've just been in school nonstop. yeah yeah what, what was that like um it, it was a little imposter syndrome but um i don't know i've got like a supportive um supportive supervisor supportive grad chair i feel like they they know where i'm at and they like 
have been giving me advice based on where I'm at too, um, which is nice. Like, um, so Dylan, he, um, he texted me, he's like, have you seen the syllabus for the history of Canada class this semester? Um, are you thinking of taking it? I was like, uh, I, ha I hadn't registered in the Canadian history like class that we're eligible for this semester. Um, he's like, oh, I'm like the, the reading list looks like terrifying. And, <laughs> and he sent it to me and it was like, the amount of readings looked like it was like four times as long as the, like what I'd seen for my own classes. And I was like, I don't, oh my God, like, am I even getting like the same education? <laughs> He's in the thesis based program. So I talked to my grad chair about it and she was like, how do I put this delicately? You did not do your undergraduate degree in history. So maybe that's not the kind of course for you for your first year. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Thanks. Yeah. That's uh, that's impressive that they're looking out for you that way <laughs> and not yeah. being like sink or swim, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Jump in. <laughs> if you swim, you're a historian. Yeah. Oh, do you say a historian or an historian? Important. This is really important. This is crucial. Oh, I'm going to go with a historian. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm in English literature, <laughs> and you're in history. Clearly. Oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, when you when you texted me on the first day, mm -hmm. uh, you you just said how excited it was to be around people who like learning as yeah. much as you do. <laughs> yeah. I what 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 tipped you off? Um, just, they were all nerds. Like they're all into a, a thing in a really nerdy way. Um, in, in like, especially in that seminar, people describing their projects was so cool. Um, somebody else is looking at popular education in Palo Freire in Latin America. Um, there's somebody, um, for, who was on zoom from Ghana cause his like visa stuff is still coming through. So we were like talking to him on the instructor's phone. Um, and he was looking at like power and colonialism in West African history. It was just, I don't know. They're, they're all just like smart people who are not like ashamed to be like kind of nerded, nerding out joyfully about their thing, which is really cool. And then I just went to go like have lunch outside and it was so beautiful on the, on the campus grounds. I was outside, um, cab, you know, they're like those picnic tables outside um, kind of like shaded by the big trees and, and the person across from me was like uh, like huddled over a textbook and a laptop and it was just so beautiful. I actually was so excited about it that I went to the bookstore and like got swag for me and for Finn <laughs> and for my dad and my stepmom and stuff and yeah so I got my dad um, U of A dad socks and uh, uh, my stepmom I got her like a little U of A mom mug nice yeah <laughs> Uh, no bumper stickers. Couldn't find any bumper stickers. Okay. I looked. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like even though we're in the middle of a pandemic, you're still getting kind of like a college experience, like hanging out in quad. You're able to you know, hang out with your fellow students. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really glad, at least for the time being, that that's what we're getting like. I I feel like, you know, we've we've been through so much over the last year and a half and like they're just showing up and getting vaccinated and like throwing a mask on. I've I've just had to like tell my brain like 
like okay like you've done your part now you have to accept that like yes there are like risks of like being on campus but like life is full of risks and like some things are worth embracing that for right yeah 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 and like most the vast vast majority of everyone is vaccinated who's who's at the university yeah now yeah based on the survey they put out yeah 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 The only, the only other thing that might change between now and the end of the month is I'm interested to see uh, whether I can bear uh, the FOMO that I'm feeling right now because I registered for the courses that I did based on kind of what I need to do and what um, seemed like good for where I'm at. Um, uh, but that meant that I didn't take this class. I was thinking about this semester on the history of historical writing. Um, and instead I'm taking a class on the history of the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, which just sounded, (laughs) (laughs) it sounded like unmissably cool. Um, but now I'm kind of wondering like, uh, like which is more important to me, I guess, out of getting my like limited time in classes during this master's, which which one, um, yeah, is more important. So I'm, I'm going to see if I can bear the FOMO of missing out on that historical writing class. And you can't do both. I would probably be crushed under the workload if I tried to do both because, yeah. yeah, I've already got a full course load. Yeah, I mean, when I was in school, I definitely would have taken this <laughs> extraterrestrial search class because, yeah, it's like, well, you can learn to write anywhere. There's like a million resources if you want to learn how to write. But how many people are going to be able to give you that really niche history? Yeah, it seems like a, it seems like that's the best use of your time. But on the other hand, like I I want to do the masters so I can learn how to better evaluate historical resources when I'm showing up to them. Hmm. One of the problems is that my entire department posted no course outlines on Bear Tracks, so I have like almost nothing to go on of of what's going to be <laughs> like a worthwhile class except like asking around. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember spending the first three weeks of every term, shop, we call it shopping. Mm-hmm. You would just go to, I would go to nine or ten classes, get the syllabus, see how the prof, like what their style was, and then maybe do a midterm because for some reason midterms happen in the first two weeks. It's very like, whoa, just as a nomenclature, that's wrong. It's not a midterm. That is not a midterm. <laughs> But yeah, you know, um, shopping around was really important to me. Mm. And uh, you would think in the decades since then that this the, this type of information would be more available online now. <laughs> well, I think this is the other thing. It's like the U of A is being um, like slash and burned by provincial government cuts right now. Um, so everybody's really stressed because, yeah, the U of A is like a, a gigantic portion of the University of Alberta's budget comes from provincial grants and they've just like I think they've cut them now like a quarter a third since the UCP took office uh, anyway a gigantic yeah, amount at least 110 million dollars 
yeah. cut, yeah. Yeah, so, like... I'd say there's a good chance that by the time this episode runs, you'll have to put a disclaimer, like... <laughs> <laughs> in this episode, we discussed that the University of Alberta still existed, whereas <laughs> recent events have proved us wrong. University of Alberta has now been merged with a, a Bible college in Three Hills. <laughs> well, if it was a Bible college, it would still have its funding. Yeah, so. exactly. Anyway, I think it's stressing everybody out. I, I, so I, although it is kind of frustrating for me as a new student, I get that that's probably why some stuff is falling off people's plates. Yeah, that might just be the academic lifestyle that <laughs> you wait until <laughs> the day of your first class to write the syllabus. Potentially, could be. But yeah, so no shopping around for you. I mean, I guess this kind of what you're pointing to is. Like as if I was to go back to school now as a <laughs> mid thirties, <30s, laughs> um, I would probably be approaching it as like a professional degree, mm-hmm. and I would be looking at professional degrees like a master's of communications or a master of journalism, whatever. Um, you're doing a master's of arts, which is more academic, but you're going into it as professional professional historian professional curious person (laughs) professional curious person professional storyteller Mm. history teller yeah so you're in a weird space because you are in an academic program but as a professional yeah yeah so so that that, is that a tension that you think you're gonna have to weave yeah definitely a tension but I, i don't know I, I don't know how to resolve it, really, because there are just multiple options, and it's kind of up to me to see what I want to squeeze out of the program, and there's going to be lots of cool things ahead, so I'm just going to have to embrace that I can't do everything. Yeah. How important do you think, like, networking is for you? Just, like, meeting these study researchers, <laughs> is that <laughs> something that could be more important as a journalist than as a student? Um, because that could turn into a story down the road, kind of. If anything, I feel like the stuff that's going to be useful to me as a researcher or as a like journalist later on down the road will be like the parks-related stuff, indigenous history-related stuff that I'll be doing, um, kind of later on. Yeah, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence one is just that's one of the things that I'm really geeked about is, um. Yeah, life on other worlds, and the the course explores like the history of Western thought. So far, starting in the eleven hundreds, with um, scholars and theologians arguing about whether um, it's possible that there are even any other worlds. Which hmm. is kind of interesting, seeing them all um, struggling with these philosophical problems without any experimental data really to go. <laughs> right. I mean, and those are. Those are questions we're still doing, except it might be about like other dimensions mm-hmm. uh, instead of whether there's outer space or not. Yeah. But those same questions and debates are happening. Yeah. Some of the thinkers in the Middle Ages that I was just reading about, um, they said it wasn't possible that there could be other worlds because um, other worlds would be spheres like our own, and that meant that at at, the, at most, they could only touch our world in one place, which implied a void around and between us. And a void was imperfect 
it could not be part of God's plan, and thus other worlds couldn't exist, which <laughs> is a, a fascinating line of, of logical thought. And also it just made me really think, wow, it really must have blown people's minds to get to the vacuum above our atmosphere for the first time and, and realize, whoa, this is a void. I wonder yeah. what that was like. Because nature abhors a vacuum. Yeah. <laughs> is that not true anymore? <laughs> was that ever true? Hmm. Uh, so, so when, yeah, when do you first get into your, um, when do you first start to get into the indigenous history and the history of the national parks and all that? Mm, I'm not sure what's going to be covered in my reading course with my supervisor yet. So potentially this semester, they're going to have to give us the reading list soon. And if not, then next semester I'll be taking probably an indigenous research methodologies class and probably um, I'll be taking Tunaha if I can as well. Like the language? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, College of the Rockies uh, in Cranbrook offers it online, which is a, a miracle in a whole at least one episode just about that will definitely be coming down the road. Yeah, that's exciting. Um, how much experience do you have with uh, learning a new language as an adult already? Um, Chinese would be the most experience I have. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, Canada World Youth slash going to Sichuan University um, would, would be the most experience that I have. Um, and I... I definitely learned a lot more being immersed in the environment than doing classes. So I'm going to see if I can find a way to like get some first person immersive experience. But the fact that I can do anything online from Edmonton is, is really cool. And um, yeah, I can take advantage of whatever I can, if I can get department approval to make that my language requirement. Oh yeah. Cause as an historian, you need to have two languages, right? Yeah. You need to, including English. Yeah, um, just like for a checking off a box by the end of my master's, I have to prove that I have equivalent to a second year level of a language. Um, if I were going farther into the field, like some of the professional reasons for it are being able to access sources in other languages and also being able to present at conferences or interact with researchers um, in other places and cultures. Um, yeah, because I'm doing a topic that is within the gigantic scope of Canadian history. Um, the default would be French, but I really I feel like it would be important and relevant to take Tunaha if I can, because here's a culture group that it has like direct ties to this area, and if I can take it, why not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and that that would really help with your field trips, right? I imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so too. And you're all about the field trips. Love field trips. Love a field trip. <laughs> Do you think for the SETI class, you'll do a field trip to Vulcan, Alberta, to vi to visit the UFO landing pad? I hope we take a field trip in the TARDIS, to be honest. In the TARDIS? <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> oh, or maybe a field trip to the Edmonton Comic Expo. That would be amazing. Which is coming up. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, well, I'm... I'm glad you had such a, an amazing start to the first term of your master's degree. Yeah, thanks. And uh, keep that, cultivate that spark of excitement throughout <laughs> the difficult months that come ahead of you. 
Yeah, yeah. I hope I'm still smiling once I'm doing like a couple hundred pages of reading um, a week or whatever I'm gonna yeah. be in for here. Only a couple hundred, <laughs> Trevor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it'd be like a thousand a week. <gasps> yeah, we'll yeah. see. I guess. Maybe you should take a speed reading class. Yeah, I'll do that in my spare time, <laughs> I guess. In a minute, we fast forward a little bit, past some of my humming and hawing about which courses to take, and into a kind of big question that came up in one of them. But first, Let's Find Out is brought to you in part by the Edmonton Community Foundation's Well Endowed podcast. Hosted by Andrew Paul and Elizabeth Bonkink. It's also produced by Lisa Pruden, who, by the way, just hosted a really nice podcast, Hang on Zoom, the other day, and it got kind of heavy. But we also talked about needle felting and stuff, and she's great and very encouraging, so you should listen to the things that she makes, like the Well Endowed podcast, which explores the impact of passionate people who are working to make Edmonton a strong and a vibrant city to live in. The Edmonton Community Foundation helps people create endowment funds, and the podcast tells the story of how those endowments intersect with the community, like all the cool endowment funds that have been set up over the years to support the Edmonton Public Library, which I talk about in their latest episode. Subscribe at thewelleendowedpodcast.com. This episode of Let's Find Out is brought to you by Yeg Podfest, which is also presented by the Edmonton Community Foundation in partnership with the Alberta Podcast Network and LitFest, Canada's nonfiction festival. Running October 1st through 3rd, Yeg Podfest will be held all online this year, so anyone can tune in to experience it. Events include masterclasses with professional podcasters, panel discussions, feature interviews, and more, including the strategists are going to be there, which is kind of cool. Some of APN's member shows will be there as well, so join in for the virtual party from October 1st through 3rd. To check out the full lineup and get tickets, head to yegpodfest.ca. That's yegpodfest.ca. You're just so much better at monkey bars than I am. That's what I was saying. I was saying that she's so good at monkey bars because she weighs as much as a pencil case. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I just I we're we're at a picnic and I just need to like tell some other people like what I've actually been doing in school because the beginning of this episode oh, is how do we know it's a picnic? How do we know it's a picnic? Oh, because we're on a, an official University of Alberta picnic blanket. <laughs> Although this episode has not been sponsored by the University of Alberta. Where's the U of... It's on the other side. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Available at the U of A bookstore. <laughs> <laughs> um, the beginning of this episode is me and Trevor talking about my first two days in school or so, but now I've actually like done some stuff, so I wanted to like add that in. So like I'm, I'm here with some people that I like to chat with them about what I'm doing in school. Um, do you... Do you want to be named? Do you want to say your name? You don't have to. I would like to be referred to as Big Al. <laughs> We're here with Big Al. Mo Salama. Mo Salama. Pickles. And Pickles. Okay. <laughs> like Pickle Rick. Um, uh, yeah, so you, know, so you know I'm doing a master's in history, right? Um, so, uh, uh, Pickles, what were you, you... You said the other night that you... When I was, like, digging through Roman history and like up to my elbows in this essay it kind of surprised you because this wasn't what you pictured I'd be actually doing what what did you picture 
Oh, uh, I think I pictured more more recent, like more sort of contemporary history, last few hundred years or something in in Canada and whatnot. I think you know, I think that's where you're headed. But uh, for you to be reading classics and quoting Tacitus and all the rest of it, and being able to pronounce uh, Libius Thucydides. Yeah, Thucydides. There you go. Which I'd only ever seen in print before hearing you say it for the first time. So, or maybe Thucydides. Now, see, now I'm doubting myself. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I actually. So I'm. Ta- I'm taking a class in historical writing, um, starting with like Homeric epics. Um, to my surprise, um, I kind of I have to take it for my program anyway. But the fact that I chose to take it now seems to have like played into my favor. With um, due to a series of paperwork errors, being like officially a thesis student now instead of a course-based master student. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Um, anyway, um, so yeah, it's like this gigantic amount of reading, and I was like terrified by the reading list for every seminar. We have to lead a couple seminar discussions throughout the semester, so I volunteered to do the first one because then I figured there's a chance that I won't be marked quite as harshly if I do the literal first one. Um, so yeah, I, it was like antiquities and I had to like summarize and lead discussion of, of history from Homer writing in the 700s BCE, talking about the 1200s BCE up until like the fall of the Roman empire. Just like, you know, just do like a quick two hour summary of all that. Um, and I had to write this essay about it, uh, too. So I wrote about Tacitus. I, have you either of you read Tacitus? Sorry. No. Okay, yeah, so I hadn't, I was not familiar with him at all. Roman historian, who I really jive with now, um, I find him very interesting, although I don't really necessarily agree with a lot of his ideas, but one of his, so he was, he was watching sort of the times just after Augustus um, had, like, turned the Republic into an empire. The Republic will be reorganized Cue the cackling Palpatine. Galactic in the Senate chambers in Star Wars. This is really resonating with Big Al, I can tell. <laughs> um, so he's like lamenting um, the decline of, of values that the Republic held and how there's lots of things about having a tyrant in power that make it really difficult for people to make good moral choices. But he's also arguing in favor of serving the state well anyway, um, which was is like interesting and complicated to me. He's got all these examples in his writing of, of people that he's holding up as like virtuous um, paragons that we should try to emulate who are like living uh, like under the administration of tyrannical emperors who are having people murdered left and right. Like they have this system of like informants basically who like spy on you and if you say something that you shouldn't in your senator you're likely to be murdered um but he like does his best to just like quietly like be a good governor anyway when he's governor of britain the the specific person that tessa is writing about um in this case is his father-in-law agricola um which is also a board game have you played agricola it's very good i like it farming does it is it about rome no it's a farming board game I'm not sure if uh, Big Al's into your um, board game references and, um, you know, pop culture references. Are you talking yeah. about an actual historian or are you referring to Star Wars and Palpatine? I'm still talking about an actual historian, Tacitus. <laughs> um, anyway, I thought it was very interesting because um, this idea that you should, like, serve the state even if it's kind of unworthy of your service, like, I, I don't know about you, but I feel like that's ridiculous. Like, why should you... Uh, why, why should you give your best to a tyrant 
like whose regime is like not 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 only not worthy of your efforts but like actively doing monstrous things but as we were talking about like vaccinations and stuff today i was thinking about how we live in this society that has like really lionized like individual freedoms and rights and like thinking about our lives as individuals um and we think very little about our responsibilities to each other or to our community and it made me made me wonder like is this is this part of the one of the problems that alberta our, our society has right now is like we don't have a very strong sense of service to maybe not the state but to each other to like the bigger community i mean i think some people do yeah i mean most of us are vaccinated most of us are you know trying to follow public health restrictions and orders most of us are participating in this so i mean we're yeah i think there might be a change like a difference between here and other parts of canada but um in that we have like more assholes per capita in alberta than anywhere else in the country but at least more English-speaking assholes per capita. Um, but, like, there's still a lot of good people here that are trying hard to, yeah, and do have that sense of responsibility, I think. We were just talking about that because, like, maybe the messaging isn't uh, the right for those folks who are think about themselves. Your, mes- your, your message is to be like, help other people. Have they helped other people in their lives? So why would why would that message resonate with them? Why are they gonna start now? <laughs> right. So we're like, are we are we aiming like maybe maybe the messaging should be like you're gonna die, forget about helping other people. Just that might get to them versus trying to be like, hey, you need to help other people or do your be responsible. I don't think yeah yeah. Big Al. I think. Are we talking about Alberta and the vaccination issue? I think it's, to me, more of a sense of a lack of crisis from a lot of people's perspective. This doesn't feel like an urgent thing to them, either because they don't experience it directly or what they've seen doesn't really reinforce the sense that it's a crisis. Um, they haven't but, been back-to-back-to-back shifts on nights at a hospital, you know. Yeah, having their, I'll it, tell you what grinds my gears, though, is just this <laughs> idea that you should be able to shop around for your preferred vaccine and there's no urgency to it and, like, you can hold and hang back until something comes along that's more to your liking. That just pisses me off unbelievably because... Most of the world is still waiting for their first vaccination. And just... A lot of us don't want to be vaccinated with like a, not a lot of data behind it, but it's not a like we're not in a situation where we can pick and choose. So this idea that like it's okay for some people to go ahead and take the first plunge and you'll just hold back and wait and see is just like so so multi-level frustrating and disgusting that I just can't even. I do think it's funny that yeah, people who are waiting back to see like we're the ones that they're waiting back to see, like, how it turns yeah. out. Like, this idea that, you know, it's okay for some of us to go and be the guinea pigs, and you'll wait and see how we, how it affects us. Um, meanwhile, we're the reasons that you're, like, not getting infected left, right, and center. So, yeah. screw you. <laughs> so, this, as a part of, of a Let's Find Out episode, maybe, like, seems a little funny and random, but, like, you know, I go to school at the U of A, we're, like I, I take classes one block away from the U of A hospital, which I'm very conscious of, like is one of the hospitals that's like overflowing with people in the ICU. But also, like my own personal life in the last week is just like the same chaos everybody else is going through. Of like, what is even, what what am I doing from day to day? Like my my classes were canceled and then online and then in person within the space of three days, and like proof of vaccination was like 
do it in the future. Oh, actually, you need to do it now within the space of like three days, the, the public health emergency declaration. Like, I don't know how you could not see what's going on. Anyway, so it's, I can't escape thinking of what I'm reading in class in the context of all this. And um, yeah, thanks for letting me like bounce this off you all. All right, before we go, we have our first fact finder. This is a new segment where we get you, the listeners, to share a favorite local history resource. Could be a book, could be a museum, could be a plaque or your grandma or a record from the 1940s. Our first fact finder is Russ Cobb, friend of the podcast, associate professor in modern languages and cultural studies at the U of A. He was on Let's Find Out back in the Avalanche of Garbage episode, and he helps produce the eCamp podcast as well. Okay, so this month's fact finder is uh, Russ Cobb. Yeah, and I joined this Facebook group, Historic Edmonton in Northern Alberta. And the reason I loved it is at one point, somebody posted a picture of this bear with a chain around its neck, and his name was Old Jack. The bear's name was Old Jack. And there was this turn-of-the-century gentleman just standing there with Old Jack, and it turned out that that was right down the street from my house. Um, I live like a half a block from Mill Creek Ravine, and that's at Vogel's, I think that was Mr. Vogel himself, who ran a meat packing plant down there, and and apparently for the first few few years of his life, uh, he had this bear on a chain outside the meat packing plant. And then so I was just so into it, I found the guy who posted it, this, this older gentleman, and I said, do you know anything more about Old Jack? And he's like, no, I just saw this picture. I've always had this picture in my house of uh, this bear, and so I actually would love to know more about that bear and wow. Mr. Bogle. So if you want to get curious about some some super weird pictures of Edmonton's past, head to the uh, Historic group. Edmonton in Northern Alberta. Yeah. yeah, I'm also a member of the Historic Edmonton Northern Alberta Facebook group and have also found some interesting stems for, really? for curiosity. Really? Uh, what, what comes to mind when I think of that group is when I did the story, the clan query, yeah. um, I, I posted the episode to that group and I had not been able to figure out what building was on that footprint. And within minutes, they were like, oh yeah, that was the old Imperial Bank of Canada. Um, and they had photographs for me, they had an address. Yeah, it's great. Social media at its best. <laughs> Thanks. And it's not horrible. <laughs> Although there's some horrible stuff that's on there too. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Let's Find Out is produced by Trevor Chow Fraser and me, Chris Chang and Phillips. Let us know what you think. Drop us a line at chris at letsfindoutpodcast.com. We read all your messages, even if we don't always have a chance to write back. You can download all of our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. We're on Instagram and Facebook too. Send us your fact finder ideas. We want to hear what local history resources are really blowing your minds lately. Thanks to Trevor Chow Fraser, Little Elliot, Ross Cobb, Mo Salama, and, um, a big Al and Pickles, I guess, for talking with us in this episode. <laughs> Thanks to everyone who's been supporting this podcast, especially Finn. Original music for this podcast is by the eastward-bound, lovely human being, Doug Hoyer. Until next time, keep your questions coming.